It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on Toginet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet. And now here's your host, Lou Paget. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for being here for today's show. What I'm going to talk about today is getting your body ready for a relationship, for sex, um, for the world. Because many times people think that, you know, they know about going to the gym. That's, that's kind of like a no-brainer. Or, or being physically active. But the other thing people have to be aware of is what kind of soaps are you using What kind of shampoos are you using? Are you using a shampoo that has lauryl sulfate in it? That is something that is a hormone impactor. Are you using a soap that is highly fragrant? I'll tell you right now, you are poisoning yourself if you are using soap like that because your skin is your largest organ, despite the claims of some people about certain organ parts being very large. But the thing that you have to be aware of is not only is this impacting how you feel about yourself, it's also, it also is very much impacting how sexually how you might function, how you might be able to reproduce. And the other things you have to be aware of is what are the things that are all around you? And there are a couple of books. Uh, there's one called Not Just a Pretty Face, and it's uh, titled The Ugly Side of the Beauty Industry. And I think it's interesting that we have someone like Alicia Keys, who even as she is one of the judges on, you know, is it America's Got Talent? Uh, I, uh, no, the, the music show where everyone spins around in their chairs. She's one of the first celebrities to come forward on the no makeup trend. And part of that, I am sure, is because of how toxic the majority of chemicals are that are in cosmetics. And people will think, oh, well, the FDA regulates it. No, they effing don't. As a matter of fact, the cosmetic industry is basically supposedly self-monitoring. And what they do, they can decide whatever the heck they want to stick in something. So the things that you think, you know, and <laughs> there was this one ad, and it showed uh, a young woman, the, the advertisement, if this is actually in the book, uh, uh, 
not just a pretty face. And it shows this young woman, and she's looking at this, there's this hot guy on the other side of the poster beside her, and he's saying, don't worry, I've been tested. And then what the actuality is is that <laughs> it says, would you want to be safe? Would you consider yourself safe with something that's only 11% tested? And that's, this book was printed in 2007. So, so, like, would you go and have sex with a guy or with a woman who said they were 11% tested? I don't think so. So it's 50,000-plus different cosmetics that are being, you know, and uh, ingredients put into cosmetics, and only 11% are tested. And then how do you know how, how well they were tested? The thing that I want people to become aware of is we had a world at the turn of, you know, 1900s where they, the chemicals weren't even around. They weren't, hadn't even been created. Well, bottom line was we hadn't had Carnegie and Rockefeller decide to shove patented products from the petrochemical industry on our bodies, down our throats, into our environment. If you look around your house, you're probably going to see a good percentage of the things in your home that are made from petroleum products, many of which you probably don't even need. But the thing about it is how is that impacting your body? And how is it impacting your children's bodies? Because many times they're eating things or ingesting things that are going to impact how they function, particularly if we're looking at phthalates. And in the uh, Not Just a Pretty Face, they're writing about the use of nail polish and that in it, it, it contains a very highly toxic form of phthalate. And that's uh, spelled P-H-T-H-A-L-A-T-E. And what phthalates do is they're the softeners for plastics, for vinyls. So that's the thing that makes little dolls smell like little dolls and a new car have its new car smell. Well, what it also is, is that off-gassing is highly toxic. And what they found with these phthalates, and they've known this for over 25 years, I mean, even 25 years before, you know, 2007, that it impacts male babies in utero. So really what it does is it demasculinizes these baby boys because it impacts the male hormones, the androgens. So you have baby boys being born who have uh, what they refer to as a reduced testicular uh, function. They might have hypospadosis where the ureter doesn't go to the very end of the penis. It goes somewhere out on the stalk of the penis. You might have um, undescended testes. You might have um, small, small testes. All of these things, and they've known this for years. So why are people still using these things? So, you know, knowing what you can do to prepare your body and your children's bodies for sexual health is highly crucial. Do not assume that the manufacturer is going to be telling you the truth. Chances are they won't. That is uh, a, 
it's almost standard across all industries. And even though women who were highly aware of only eating organic, never used any pesticides, never, you know, had things in their home that they, you know, wouldn't have fed to their children, when they had got pregnant and they were nursing their child, they could not believe that their breast milk contained so many toxic chemicals. And that's because we're awash in a toxic world. Yet, there are still things, in, and also because breast tissue is mainly fat, and that's where many of hormone uh, interrupters and many of these things, like the pesticides, that's where they link onto. They are, they're, they're more fat-associated as opposed to water, where your, your system would be able to just flush it out. So when you are looking at doing anything, and I still can't believe anyone in their right mind would be buying Roundup and spraying it in their yard. And the food you're eating, please, I, I, I implore you to educate yourself more because when you get your body in better shape for whatever it is you want to do, whether it's the sex, whether the relationship, you are going to enjoy it more and you're not going to be sick. I mean, there's constant, constant waves of people getting sicker and sicker because they just can't get rid of all of the toxicity that's around them. What are you using as a, if you have dry lips and live somewhere, go and find something like a bird's bees. You can eat that stuff. Uh, it's, and as opposed to a chapstick, which is petroleum. I mean, you, you're putting petroleum goop on your face. Are you using a lotion on your body that is, Look at the first thing on it. If it says mineral oil, you're putting petroleum product on your body. When you look at looking petroleum jelly, putting it on a child's body, you're putting petroleum on your child. Rather than that, the stronger suggestion is to use uh, a natural vegetable base, something like an organic, uh, not heat-treated coconut oil. And... That is very gentle on the skin. It also helps for healing, and it doesn't clog the pores the way the petroleum jelly does. And it's also something that uh, helps with being antibacterial and antivirucidal. So you've got a whole range of things that this natural product can do. What type of toothpaste are you using? You may be thinking, oh, goody, I'm going to use this whitening strip that's going to make me, you know, have dazzlingly white teeth. Well, the thing that you have to realize is that some of these things are highly toxic to your teeth, to the enamel, but also every single one of your teeth, every one of them, is connected to an area of your body. And so, and, and your gums are highly absorptive. That's why when you take homeopathics, that's why you just put them under your tongue. Make sure you haven't eaten anything first. But put them under your tongue and allow them to be absorbed because that area is so highly vascularized that it goes straight into your bloodstream. So it doesn't have to go through the digestive system and then get go through the liver and get filtered there and then go over here and go over there until it finally gets down to the reabsorption area, which is your intestines. So you can get the medication into your system much more quickly. 
It's also why if you want to, to have a better impact with something more quickly for a headache, use some aromatherapy. That will get you ready. Aromatherapy goes right into the area of your brain that impacts. If you want to wake up, use a little bit of black pepper. Make sure it's good black pepper. Now, we're coming to the first break. Any questions you might have about this, please send me an email to office at loopadget.com. And again, as I've said before, I'm the one who answers them. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about variations on your relationships. Stay with me, and I will be right back. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. was salvaged from the linguistic scrap heap by the Romans. It has remained in use in the Roman alphabet ever since, and now accounts for 2.5% of any page of written English. So today, I thought I would give you some fantastic words that start with the letter F. False eloquence is an 18th century word for lying. Fanfarinade is a 17th century word for an arrogant boaster. While a flapdoodler is a 19th century slang word for a person who talks nonsense and rubbish. A Philly Lou is a noisy uproar. And my favorite F word ever, floxy noxy knee hilly pillyfication, which means worthless trivia. For more letter of the day words, download my free app at twofunnyforwords.com. It's Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Avoiding air pollution is a good idea at all times, but especially when you exercise. When we work out, it is estimated that we draw in 10 to 20 times more air than when we are still. The New York Times states that if the air is polluted, we get an overdose of toxins. Exposed to air pollution increases our risk of heart disease, premature death, lung inflammation, and weight gain, just to name a few. If possible, exercise in clean air. Air quality alerts can be caused by ground-level ozone levels and particle matter and are usually worse when it's hot and humid. When there is an air quality alert, it is best to exercise indoors or in the early morning. Always follow your doctor's orders, especially if you have asthma, other health conditions, or are elderly. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. I uh, just got twigged to another uh, conversation that many more people are having. Uh, someone had just told me of uh, having been approached by someone 
who said they wanted to have this person be a girlfriend in an open relationship. And I have had a fair amount of experience with friends who are in open relationships, they make clothes, who are poly, who are in quads, who are in tries. Quads mean there's four people. It doesn't mean they're married necessarily married to one another, but it's four people who openly uh, know about one another, love one another, and are sexual with one another. There's also try, where there might be two women and a man, or two men and one woman, or it might be three women, or it could be you know, three men. It really depends. But the important thing about this is that both parties in the relationship know. It cannot be that someone approaches someone to bring them and has an affair with them and then tries to bring them into a relationship. The openness is very much negotiated. It is, and it's planning, planning, planning. And one of the biggest things, and the person who educated me on this was Dr. Nan Weiss, who she has her PhD actually in the area of brain imaging on uh, female orgasmic response. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And Dr. Weiss is the one who explained to me that so many of the times when people are in or want to try being in an open relationship, they think that they're doing it just to have access to another sexual partner. And although that may be part of it, but she said the real thing that happens for many is that the, is the jealousy factor. Because let's be honest here, emotions are involved. And if you're, per, you're the person who's not with that person, it is the thing that the little green monster can raise its head. Now, what I also, what she also educated me about and other people did as well, is there's a certain level of connectedness that's okay. But if it starts to become more than the connection with the primary partner, and what this one gentleman described it to me as, the primary partner is the one that you share the mortgage with. He said that's the one you build the majority of your life with any other person you spend a certain amount of time with, but not to the same degree. But what he also said is that the toughest thing about being in a polyamorous, poly, many amorous, in love relationship is the negotiating and making sure that people's feelings are okay. And it often is the case where one person has someone new that they are with and the other person may not have anyone. That can cause conflict. I have seen also where a couple who had a very open relationship ended up closing it because of she fell madly in love with the other guy. Now, divorce for them was not an option, yet it was something that put a tremendous strain on their own marriage. They had two children. They were not about to, they were not about to you know, end that and, and put their children through a divorce. But their emotions were very heightened, and they were, it was a really conflicted time for them. 
the other thing I've had where people, if they have an open relationship and they bring in a partner or another couple for to have, you know, to, to be sexual with and to enjoy that, a woman was walking down, her husband was with the other woman, and she and the other woman's husband, so husband B and wife A, had finished and completed what they were doing. They were, they were at their own home. And husband A with wife B, they had finished what they were doing. Wife A walks by and sees her husband with this woman's chest, woman's head resting on his chest in that time of, you know, like that very relaxed post-coital glow. And that was when she said, that's it. I am, this is not, this is not going to be happening. But the other thing, that, so that ended, that, you know, uh, couple connection that the two of them had. In swinging relationships, it's someone who maybe someone who you just, you know, you know that you're there just to enjoy sex with someone. There's not going to be any further emotional attachment. But what often will happen is that people will say, oh, all of our members are, you know, have been tested. None of them have any STIs. And the reason why people stop going to certain swing groups is because they do get STIs. And that's, you know, they say, okay, that's it. We're, we're, we're going to have to just go into having uh, an open relationship with another couple who we know have been tested. Yet sometimes people will be approached because of, you know, they might be friendly, they might be outgoing, and uh, I know of a couple who uh, she happens to speak actually in the same area that I do, and they were, she had done a presentation for this group. This woman said, oh, I'd really love to have you, you know, you'd really have to have you come for dinner. So she was like, oh, okay. So she came along with, you know, you know her partner, and they're out for dinner, and that was when they approached them and said, well, we'd really like to, you know, do something with the two of you. And what it boiled down to was the wife knew that the woman was, would be the husband's type. And yet the woman wanted to ensure that the partner of the woman would be acceptable for her. If, you know, if he's going to be enjoying himself, I want to enjoy myself too. So she wanted to make sure that this person was appealing to her and so they're sitting there, you know, having dinner, and all of a sudden this gets brought up and kind of like, well, uh, sure enough, it completely blindsided, you know, the, the one person. And yet the thing about doing this is it is risky to approach people who you have no idea what they are and find out whether or not they might be interested in, you know, being doing a, you know, a couple's thing with you or approaching, you know, a single person. It really is, you know, and it has to be handled in a very sensitive manner. I know of other people who they made the decision to do it when there was entirely too much alcohol or recreational drugs involved. And for people who were using ecstasy, and getting all totally turned on and being at a club. <laughs> One of the things is that, you know, you might be totally, totally turned on, but chances are you won't be able to orgasm. Not fun. Yet, what people 
do want is they still want to have a range of experiences. And there is much more of an acceptance of people having uh, an open relationship or having a relationship where there might be a, a polyamorous one. or Because the openness is more that, yes, I enjoy being sexual with you, but it's not necessarily the emotional connectedness on it. They like the person, they find them interesting, they find them appealing. But again, what happens in your brain when you are sexual with someone, it creates um, oxytocin, it creates dopamine, it creates all of these things that create connection. And you can't undo that. That's occurred. And the other thing is, is once you go to that point, you don't go back from that point. So I ask people to please be aware that you may be getting into um, an area of emotional conflict or emotional connectedness that you may not expect. And for some couples, it ends up being something that he may want to have an open relationship or be into swinging, and she'll say, well, yeah, and the reason that she goes along with it or he goes along with it is to bring his partner in is because he doesn't want to go through the financial disaster of divorce. And what will happen for many women in swinging clubs, she's the one that does the approaching, not the man. And couples are only allowed to go into these things, not the lone wolf who wants to, you know, go hit it and run. So the woman does the approaching, and the man has to be approached by someone. And that is a very different dynamic, which I know a friend of mine who has a large practice has said she often will see that the women discover something about themselves, their sexual appetites, their, their, you know, what they would really like to try or explore. And the husband or the boyfriend isn't expecting that so the thing that he was wanting to do was to be able to have sex with someone else without attachment, and in all actuality, she's the one that got more out of it than he did, at which point he's kind of like, now what do I do? And then he will often become threatened by what she has discovered about herself. And so that's why when I tell people, you know, if they want to talk about fantasies and doing things and having this or having that person with someone. And, you know, I, I know people who have said, you know, the old boyfriend who uh, wanted to see you uh, with someone else. And, and in their fantasy, they had it all scripted out. They knew exactly what this other guy was like. They knew what color he was, what height he was, what he looked like. And this woman says, wow, he had it all planned. <laughs> so, so if you have any questions uh, about this, I can direct you to... People, if you have a, need a, someone to talk to in your area, uh, I can certainly help you with that. Again, office at loupaget.com. We're coming up to the second break, and when we come back, I'm going to go into more things on how to keep yourself and get yourself sexually ready. This is sex.
Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. With your host, Lou Paget. techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Radio Network presents the Diva Download with Tracy and Tasha. If you think Diva is all about attitude and drama, think again. The Diva Download is the premier online radio program where girls of all ages, shapes, sizes, and colors get together to redefine what it means to be a diva so that all girls can discover their inner diva and develop a healthy sense of self-worth and self-esteem. Being a true diva means you're diverse. Involved, value-driven, and active. That's today's diva. If you want to celebrate the girl in your life through education, encouragement, empowerment, and entertainment, join us every week on Tuesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time and celebrate the essence of being a girl only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Radio with a cutting edge. It's words you never heard. State fairs offer wonderfully wild and wacky summer foods. From chicken fried bacon in Texas to Minnesota spaghetti and meatballs on a stick. There is something about dining at the fair that can make anyone an opsomaniac. Or a person who is driven to the point of madness by food. State fairs are famous for their loverwort or food with no nutritional value. The California State Fair boasts fried Krispy Kreme chicken sandwiches. That's fried chicken and Swiss cheese tucked into a Krispy Kreme donut served with a side of honey sauce. At the Iowa State Fair, you can enjoy a hot beef sundae. That's a big scoop of mashed potatoes over roast beef covered with gravy, sprinkled with cheddar cheese, and garnished with a cherry tomato to look like a sundae. What's another word for messy food? Ma Wella. It's March. Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. In the previous segment, I had talked about people who were wanting to perhaps look at the uh, more expanded forms of relationships, open relationships, swinging relationships, polyamory, and because it's becoming much more popular, and it, it isn't something for many people that's just experimental. It is something that they are doing 24-7. In the first segment of today's show, I talked about getting your body, body, your mind, well, your relationship, and ready for sex and for the world. So here are some tips on getting you sexually ready. One of the first is, again, it's the body type things, is knowing that you want to be sexual. Some people don't. 
Some people are happy with just the way it is. Uh, I would say that there are more people now who are taking breaks from being sexual. They are asexual for a period of time, and that's perfectly okay. This, this notion that the person down the street is having a whole lot more sex than you is absolute garbage. Chances are they're not. If you go on Facebook, if you want to have a good giggle, go on Facebook and look at the people who leave notes for their sexually noisy neighbors. They're a riot because they know that these people are making up all of this sound. And it's kind of like they, the person says, for heaven's sakes, are you murdering someone? Stop, please. It's 2.30 in the morning. Anyway, are you interested in being sexual? If you are, great. Next question to get yourself sexually ready, are you happy? Are you enjoying your life? Because when you are, you are so much more appealing than someone who is, you know, the sad sack, the guy, the person, or the woman who is like always complaining or, you know, clutching or whining and saying, ah, the world. No one wants to be around that. Even if you're married to that, you don't want to be around that. It is, I mean, it's such a major turnoff. So what's your state of mind? What's your, what's your mood? And the other thing is one of the reasons why people stop being sexual is they're not enjoying the sex that they're having or they don't enjoy the relationship that they're having. So do a little personal review and find out whether or not are you, you know, what was the experience of your last relationship or the experience of your last sexual encounter? Was it fun? Did you enjoy yourself? It doesn't mean you had to have, you know, an orgasm, although for most people that is something they are looking for. But it's more, for many people, to be connected to someone and to be able to know that you can give them pleasure, that's one of the more important things. So keep that in mind. Now, are you proud of yourself? That's a little different from are you happy or, you know, what's your state of mind. If you feel good about yourself and you are proud of how you're going through this world, you're proud of your accomplishments, you know, at work or with your children or with your family member or uh, you built something, if there's something that you are proud of, that will also create, it makes you much more magnetic, truly. It, that law of attraction, when you are proud of yourself, it shows up, which leads me to the next statement. Observe how you walk, okay? And the reason I'm you know, suggesting this to you is are you walking with tight hips and with short steps looking at the ground? When I was showing horses, one of the first things that I remember, Randy, who was um, a trainer and our, uh, for our lessons, he would say, Get your eyes off the ground. <laughs> Look up. And 
when you watch someone who was riding who was looking down at the ground, it's the same thing when you see someone walking and they're looking at the ground, which I might add is exactly what you see now on almost every sidewalk, except typically in New York where you get mowed over if everyone, you know. But having their mobile phones in their hands texting. I mean, ridiculous. How can you possibly expect to think you are going to be connecting to people when, you know, you're not establishing eye contact and you're not having conversation? Now, you may be able to use a program with a mobile phone to run a vibrator with a partner, but you still have to be able to talk to that partner. So, I mean, the shows, I mean, what, you know, the catfishing shows show how easily someone can be fooled by someone who knows very well how to manipulate answers and feelings for people. But to go back to this, observing how you walk. I was in a radio station. I was doing a show for Playboy Radio. And <clears throat> probably more likely uh, a setup that men would be more interested than I was, unless, of course, I was uh, into women. And I like women, but I'm, you know, I'm straight. That's just, sorry, that's just it. It's just what it is. But... The first thing that happens is you come in as a guest, and then they bring in some of the girls who have been in shoots. First thing they do is they take off their tops. Okay. Well, I was brought in because they wanted to talk about this particular study done by an Italian researcher. Excuse me one moment. Who had, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, observed college-age women walking across the campus and then did uh, to see whether or not they experienced clitoral or vaginal orgasms. Now, I have to admit, when I first read this, I thought, what a bunch of crap. This is just such hoo-hoo. And first off, who's this guy to be telling women what type of orgasms they have? Now, I listen to one of my top mentors in this field, Dr. Beverly Whipple, and I had the Beverly Whipple voice go through my head, Lou, go and get the study. Here's the thing. If any of you are in a field and you're looking at something, don't just take someone else's interpretation of the study as gospel fact. Go and get the study. And don't just read the abstract, because the abstract, is chances are written by someone from a magazine that has been paid for this article to go into it. Read the actual study because you may come to very different conclusions than the people who were writing the abstract did. They may have pulled out very different information to highlight than you would. Anyway, I go and get this study. I'm reading it, and I think, okay, I can look at, you know, and what he was actually looking at talking about the walk, was the rotation of the hips and pelvis in a particular way, uh, sort of like a, a rocking motion almost. And there were eight girls there. So I said, you know what? Let's see whether or not I can put this person's testing information 
into, and, and let me, you know, do like an impromptu and see if I can follow the instructions that they gave and see if I can tell whether or not there's any veracity to what this person said. Well, I was right seven out of eight. And it was a very subtle observation of how they walked. Now, these girls weren't prancing and, you know, walking across the room like a model would because models are trained to walk a particular way. They, have you ever seen a model where they do the one where it's almost like a horse stomping? I'm like, who in the right mind holds that woman to do this? <laughs> that looks ridiculous. But when I looked at how they were walking, I was able to see the nuances that he spoke of. And now how he originally came up with this, I don't know. But it was something that it, it shocked me. And what it also taught me is not to be arrogant just because I think I know the answer. And that's something that in any relationship, knowing that you don't have all the answers is going to make you a much better partner than thinking you, you know, the, the person should be acting a particular way, thinking a particular way. I have someone right now who is dealing with a very unpleasant court case because the person they were with became highly abusive and that was something that, you know, they had so much arrogance about what they thought this person should be like and how they should behave. And that ended up resulting in a, a domestic abuse case. So the thing that, you know, when you're observing your walk and also sexually ready, observe how you speak because... If everything you talk about is only about you, you're not ready to be sharing anything. You're ready to talk about yourself. And people want to know that they make a difference for you and with you. So when you talk, you need to include their interests. Do And it can be something so simple. It can be something as simple as, here comes, I found a parking space for you. Come and find me. We're coming up to the tunes. When I come back, I'll talk about more things to get you sexually ready, like the PC exercises. I'll be right back. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. Thompson, co-founder of the Save the Elephant Foundation, was taking a rescued elephant named Kam La for a walk along the river. As they were walking, Derek decided to stop and take a dip in the water. But when he called to Kam La, who was waiting on the shore, the elephant thought he was in trouble and came running to his rescue. Kam La charged through the water, sheltering him with her body and offering her trunk for him to hold on to. What's another word for a trained elephant? A cookie. 
Elephant trainers in Asia are known as mahouts. And the padded seat or saddle used to ride on an elephant is called a howda. Kamla and her mother, Bai Tui, are among the 70 elephants the foundation has rescued since its inception. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Working your lower body with weights and targeting your hamstring, quads, and glutes pays great dividends. Not only are you strengthening those muscles, you are sculpting them, making them firmer and more defined. One of my favorite lower body exercises is wall squats with the ball. Place the stability ball, those are the big exercise balls, between your low back and the wall. Lean against the ball so that your feet are planted about 12 inches in front of you. Slowly lower your body so that your thighs are parallel to the floor. Do not go lower than 90 degrees at the knees. Straighten the legs and squeeze your glutes as you come up. Repeat for three sets of 15 reps. Remember to keep the weight on your heels and don't let your knees extend over the plane of your toes. Go at your own pace and make those muscles strong and shapely. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone. And going back to the, in the final segment today, we're going to be talking about the ideas that I give to people to get themselves sexually ready. And we talked about, you know, the previously more of the uh, physicality things or the mental things, the attitude things. In this one, I'm going to talk to you about the PC exercises, the pubococcygeus muscle. Now, that is the muscle that is responsible for orgasmic contractions. It runs from the front to the back of the pelvic girdle, almost like a little hammock, okay? And that's one of the reasons why it gets stretched out during pregnancy is because of the weight of the baby does stretch it. Now, it's a muscle, so it can be exercised. Now, it's a thin muscle. It's a little muscle. It's little, Um, but it gives a lot of pleasure. Now, for both women and men, the studies in our area have absolutely shown that the more well-toned the PC muscle is, the better the bladder control and the better the orgasmic response. And many people are, you know, aware of this as an exercise that is done after pregnancy. And, you know, it's the slow contracting, then there can be little flutters. But the whole thing behind it is that you are exercising a little muscle, okay? Now, if you want to find out whether or not you really should get, you know, do some PC muscle exercises, for men, it can be done in the shower, you know, um, morning erection and see if, you know, can you, how much can you, you know, flick it? How much can you make it jump? Because many times, as particularly as young men, penises are very mobile. They sort of jump all over the place. Now, for women, you're going to need 
to insert one or two fingers into your vagina and then contract around them. And if it feels like a thin, thin little line, you may need to do a little work, okay? Now, the, using these is something that you can practice it at a stoplight. Every time you put your foot on the brake, contract the PC muscle. It's not contracting your abdominal muscles. So some people think that doing these contractions, you, you pull in like where the belly button is. No, that's, that's the abdominus erectus or recticalis. This is, in, in, you know, this is internal, and it is a tiny muscle, but you could feel it. There are now exercisers on the market where you can go online and put in, you know, electronic uh, PC exerciser, and they'll have a little wand that can go in. You can contract around it. You can see, based on their little software and their format, how much, you know, you're contracting. And they'll often suggest that you contract for, hold for 10 seconds and then release, and do that for a minute. So you do six repetitions of that. And then what you can also do is you can do flutters and just little tiny flutters. Now, the other thing you can do is you can practice controlling the flow of urine when you're going to the bathroom. And it's much easier towards the end of the flow than the beginning of the flow because the bladder is, you know, it's like, ooh, okay, I'm ready to release. But what you can do is practice slowing things down or stopping them and then letting them go again. I had one woman who was a major executive, and she said... When I go to the bathroom, she said it takes me so long because I am doing all of my kegels. That's what they're called. The kegels. That was a doctor who originally uh, coined the term, and he was using it to have these women have better bladder control after they've had a delivery. And what these women said is that once they started doing it, they um, had much better orgasms after the fact because the muscle was in better shape. So... Doing your PC exercises. Now, another thing you can do to get yourself in better shape for your pelvis, try doing the yoga, lie on the floor, and have one knee go over the side, the straight leg. It's that thing where you're doing the twisting. And really what you're doing is you're loosening up the whole of the lower hip area and the hip insertions because those need to be open and responsive to be able to have more comfortable sex. Another thing you can do if you are doing yoga, do more of the uh, crow pose where you put your leg up front, you know, and then you lean on top of it. Or you, and what you're doing is you're doing the hip openers. For many people, there's all kinds of emotion stored in their hips that they may not know about. But when it's able to be released, if you've ever been in or heard of anyone who bursts into tears in the middle of a yoga class, chances are it was during a hip opening exercise because a lot of people store a lot of emotion in the, the, the bone area of their bodies. Another thing you need to get into better shape with or help get you into better shape, your posture. The more your posture is open, the more your digestion, the more your posture is good. And I'm not talking about walking around like, you know, 
a soldier ramrod straight. But I'm talking about being pretty close to that because your spine works best and your body works best when your body is aligned correctly. Now, we talk about alignment in a number of different areas, but truly, when your body feels aligned, you are going to be able to respond much better, either sexually, with touching, with breathing, and that's another thing. How are you breathing? Do you have shallow breath, or do you take deep, full yoga breaths? You need to make sure that you have full breathing. That is something where, because think about this, you're breathing in to oxygenate, and then you're breathing out to get rid of what your body does not need. And when you are being sexually active, you need to be able to have really good oxygen exchange because it is oxygen and blood and oxygenated blood, meaning there's more heme groups with red blood cells running around with oxygen attached to it. That is what powers orgasms. So the more breathing that you can do, again, yoga can help you with that. You can do Ashtanga yoga. You can do flow yoga. Anything that moves you into more awareness of your body will also help you. And it's, a, it's something that for many people, they think of yoga as, oh, yeah, it's stretching. No, it's not. <laughs> it's a practice. And it is a practice that has you get more in touch with your own body and your own emotions about things. Another thing you need to have an awareness of is know your own value. How do you feel? You know, do you think people value you? Do you value yourself? Ask yourself that. And another, where what makes you feel good? If you feel that you look good in a particular outfit and it's a classic outfit, for heaven's sakes, wear it. If you think you look good when you wear florals, wear them. And if anyone tells you, oh, it's not this season, you can tell them it's next season. You're that fashion forward, okay? <laughs> and tell them, really, they weren't really involved in you choosing what was in your closet. You were, period. Now, when we talk about this, we're talking about rewriting your sexual narrative when you want to get sexually ready. And that can be wanting to find something new. That can be wanting to touch differently or be touched differently. That is something where you can learn the swirl, where instead of a straight line, you put a sort of a wavy motion with your fingertips. And that doesn't mean on the genitals. That means on the arms, on the back, on the leg. You can try it now. You do a straight stroke with your fingers up your thigh, or you just do a sort of a wave, and it's a completely different sensation because the nerves aren't expecting that, you know, if a straight line, the nerves go, yeah, I know what's next. But with the wavy pattern, with the wave, or the swirl as I call it, they're not expecting it. Another thing, kiss more. Many couples, and when they are with one another, they don't have much face-to-face -face contact any longer. They sort of like kiss-kiss and you know, touch-touch, they're there, and you know, get along with the activity. The more that you connect on the mental part, the more you're going to connect visually, the more you're going to connect on the physical part. It just goes that way. Your brain is your most powerful sexual organ. Use it to your advantage. 
don't just rely on senses. Use your, how your brain perceives things. Hug more. People are not touching and hugging as much as they need to. And, you know, if you are together with someone, rewriting a sexual narrative can be something as simple as doing things together. I did a session with a couple who they're madly in love. He has, uh, his libido is much less than hers. He's under a tremendous amount of business stress. But they never do anything together. And I asked them what they like to do and what he liked to do when he wasn't stressed out. And it was cooking. So my suggestion to them was, look, get and plan some time to be together. Because let's be honest, people talk about, I want spontaneous sex, I want vacation sex. When you're going on vacation or a honeymoon or a weekend, chances are you know you're going to have sex because it's going to be planned in. So when you are wanting to rewrite a sexual narrative, you just have to know that you have to plan it. And that's what makes it, A, fun, because who better to tell you what you want than you? It's like answering a question in an interview. If you wrote the questions, you got to know what the answers are, right? So today I trust you got some more information about how to get yourself sexually ready, how to get your body ready, and how to look at if you're considering being in an open or a different relationship or a varied relationship or closed. You have so many varieties now to choose from, yet it has to be what feels right for you. Please do not go into something you feel forced into. It won't work and it won't last and you won't feel good. Have an awesome, awesome week. Thank you for being with me and I will talk with you next week. Bye for now. for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget 